Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. And welcome back, everybody. Yay! It's been a few weeks. You've been just gallivanting around, so. I feel bad that our show didn't air last week because I'm not sure. We had technical difficulties, I think. That's fine. And we were, you know, traveling. <laughs> <But you're>, yeah. <laughs> Which adds to the technical difficulty as to why we can't get on the air sometimes. But anyway, we're back. Here we are. Did you miss us? I'm kind of missed you. You're looking pretty pretty uh stealthy uh, it's summer i lose weight in the summer is it just is it on purpose or just because you're just way more active uh it's just not as hungry when it's hot okay yeah just don't eat as much and outside doing stuff yeah and biking and eating is a sometimes a thing of convenience isn't it when you're when it you're is. in or the boredom. house yes in the house you're ah oh, let's watch a movie and the next thing you know you got you know, Cracker Jacks and cheese and crackers. And what is your what's your food of choice when you watch a movie? I eat popcorn, popcorn, butter popcorn. Yeah. Uh, usually, if because I work from home a bit as well, and uh, it's like when you want to take a break, it's like so. What do you do? If you if that's kind of a a COVID thing, I guess now is if you're working from home and you want to take a break, what do you do? If you're in an office and you want to take a break, you go talk to somebody or run right. to the bathroom or you know maybe walk around the building. Right. What do you do? You you eat at home. It's like, huh? I'm taking a break. I'm bored. I'm so snack you, stuff. Do you have snacky stuff? No, close by. No, no. try okay. not to have it in the house. Yeah. We're pretty bad around here, as you know. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I yeah. just walked Cupboard's by the table and went, "Oh stuff. my gosh!" Yeah, it never like, stops around. Let's get in here. the studio because I'm gonna start grazing. Yeah. yeah, I see Chris brought some fritter bread from Minnesota. Oh, I know. Clearwater truck stop. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. Everybody knows about yeah. the Clearwater. Big donuts and the whole bit. You Their know. caramel rolls are really good. Yeah, they are. It's one of my favorite stops as well, but but yeah, I, I mean, try not to stop there anymore. But. but your your weight loss path is much stronger than mine right now. <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been slowly losing too, but but not at the dramatic. I mean, from the last time I seen you to now, it's noticeable. Well, so. it's summer, you know, and you got to get into the it's it's bikini season, right? So, or, <laughs> speedo or speedo season, season in your case. I knew you were going doing that there. endorsement. Uh, oh. <laughs> so they've been so, trying to get Marlo so to do a speedo. Somebody said but, the other day, if they offer you a million dollars and you turn it down, don't turn it down. He said, I'll be your stunt double. We'll split it. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be funny to get some young buff person to wear the speedos as my, as my stunt double. You know, the problem is it's like, I go to get into swimsuit condition uh, every year. And by the time we pull our boat out of the river, I, I'm in shape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works. It is funny how that works. But yeah, yeah, we got some great things on the show today. We're going to be talking about the weather balloon, by the way, the Chinese really? weather balloon. That really wasn't was a, it weather a weather balloon. balloon. So the Wall Street Journal actually has a story out now about what they found in the weather balloon. So that'll be interesting. Did they find weather about. in the weather balloon? That's that. 
you know, no. Okay. <laughs> Didn't think so. You know, they found some stuff. We'll talk about that in a little while. We have uh, we have a special guest later in the show too. Cool surprise, but uh, it'll be interesting. So you want to hang around for that? Um, yeah. So it should be fun. Uh, any any new tech stuff in your world? Not at the moment. I I, I kind of so on LinkedIn because I I try to stay off of social media except for LinkedIn. I I go on there for a lot. Uh, uh, it's kind of turned into my news source and following LinkedIn things. has yeah and um, a lot of really good reports and uh, more informational educational things you can glean out of that. So I, I follow that a lot. Uh, I joined a new tech group about AI stuff. So just done that this week. Uh, looking forward to getting all the latest AI updates on that. Boy, I, I have to tell you, because it's moving of, so fast. You know, I, I get a lot of requests for National Day for appearances and things. You know, I think in a speedo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if uh, what I find interesting right now is, I think I'm getting more requests to talk about artificial intelligence. Really? Yeah, I started talking about it, you know, a couple months ago, and because I use it so much, I think people are just fascinated by how I use AI. And it is fascinating, and the things that I use it for, uh, I think people just don't think about. So is it because you're using it and they don't want to have to go through learning how to use it and, hey, Marlo, just show us how to use it because we're like shortcuts, or is it because they're interested in expanding the different opportunities with it? Because you're, you're playing with it in a lot of different spaces. A lot of different spaces, but, but I think it's more about... Um, See, they want to hear practical applications to how to use it in their workplace. Well, and that's why we do this show, because it's yes. about practical applications, how tech is practically applicable to, to you. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And junk. Were you were you smarter <laughs> when you weighed more? I, you know what? I was warmer. <laughs> it's like I walk into a room with air conditioning. I'm like, it's cold, isn't it? Darn. Yeah. yeah it's it, chilly. Yeah. Mine's more of the fact that I'm amazing what 15 pounds weather. does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That insulating factor. Get a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to throw a sweatshirt on. It's uh, always cold in studios. So the mower is 100% functional at, at the is house it? now. And, and it is. Oh, I sorry. I forgot. Wait a minute. We forgot to preface this uh, segment of the program. Uh, this segment of the program is going to be brought to you someday <laughs> by Yardbow. Um, okay, there. We're good now. So, but, now you're is, but I have the badger. You have the badger. I have the badger. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there was one little area that it was getting hung up on. Uh, I have this new cement edging that had somebody come in last year to put oh, it. Oh, curbing? Yeah, curbing, yeah. Beautiful. I mean, it's just wonderful. Uh, unfortunately, they created a lot more work for me because now i got to redo the rocks and all that other stuff, you know, and the weeds are going like crazy in there. But but it was getting hung up on this, uh, so I just did a little little extra uh, uh, green wire down on the on the ground and took another 15 minutes, and now that thing mows the entire yard. And... I am absolutely loving the fact that I don't. I don't even have to worry about it. I just so fifteen minutes nice. saves you how much? Oh time? my goodness! I, I'm sure it takes me about an hour, fifteen hour, thirty to mow my yard every time. So I'm saving that every five days. Loving it, and it took about that time, like the time of one lawn mowing, to set up the whole thing. 
And now, so just, now you also have the opportunity to mow more frequently or less frequently, so it, or it, you, it, you can you have the ability to manicure your lawn at a different pace. So if it's a little drier, you can let it grow a little longer. If it's a little, you know, it'll it'll do all that for you. You can do, and you can set the the height of the grass and all that good stuff in there too. But uh, can you carve people's names into the lawn? I suppose if you got really creative, you could you could do that. But it'd be more of a GPS than the wire yeah, thing. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really really cool. This unit is is seven hundred bucks, seven to eight hundred bucks. That's it. I paid that much for my last push mower. That's what a new push mower yeah. is. So, I'm impressed. It's it's quiet. It's Most people don't even. And I can't get good craftsman stuff from back in the day on sale. That's right. Uh, but yeah, it's quiet, so people don't know it's running. Has a headlight on it, so if you have it run at night, you know it's like this light going around your yard. It was. Oh, you can chase squirrels. You can chase squirrels. I think the only thing is the dogs yet around the neighborhood. They just don't know what this thing is, so they bark <laughs> at it a lot. Don't mess with the badger. <laughs> but it's. I'm loving every minute of the fact that I have this thing because I, you know, it's one of those things like you come home and you're like, oh, I need to mow the yard. So how does it work with clippings, or is it just mulch? It's just mulching. I mean, so it, it runs a lot more often. You know, I actually have it set to run every day right now. So it just the, the lawn is always manicured. It but it does like a little segment of the lawn, or it does it actually do the does, whole lawn? It does the whole thing. It, it'll run up to three hours, and it does the whole yard in, in less time than that. So it's just done. And I, I think I'm going to change the frequency now as it's starting to get warmer outside to, like, every other day. We've had a lot of rain, as you know, so uh, it has a problem with tall grass. It actually thinks it's like a barrier or something, so it'll stop. Uh, I've noticed that like around Define the Define tall grass. Well, you know, four to five inches worth, I suppose, and then it just thinks that it's too much. So it, you need to keep it. it. It's designed to keep your yard manicured all the time. So you can't, you know, if you're going to, if you have tall grass the first time, you're going to have to mow it to where it needs to be mowed to start it, and then it'll just keep it there. So how... What's the highest setting? So as far as I do, I don't know. because you know, with when it's dry out, you're supposed to let your lawn grow a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when it, what is the highest setting? Do you? I set it to to the factory default, which means I didn't mess with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but it's but it's tall enough, you know, whatever that would be. I don't think it's really much different than what I would normally mow. Now, when does it have to mow? Because, uh, like, in the morning, they'll be dew on the grass. You can set it to whenever. It's, dew doesn't seem to affect doesn't it. Doesn't bother it? No. I, w- I was really surprised at that. I mean, the one night... Because I would uh, think, like, mowing in the rain would be bad, so... Bad for what, though? Well, it's not bad for the grass, is it? Things. So it doesn't, because it's not... Um, yeah, so there's there would be that, right? So I, I could see the cutting capacity getting clogged up and... But it doesn't seem to bother it. See, now you have to try it. Next so, time it's raining, you'll have to send it out there. Well, it was caught out in the rain here not too long ago, and it was out, it was out mowing. You know, it, Did you make sure it was wearing its galoshes? Yeah. Once it senses that it's raining pretty good, it goes back home. But it'll mow in, in a drizzle. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the things that you're thinking of just don't impact it as much as a regular mower because it's not like it's throwing grass clippings through a chute or anything like that. Right. It's just mulching it, and it's razor blades that are on the bottom of this thing. I mean... How often do you have to change the razor blades? So I haven't yet, uh, and I've just been monitoring the grass. And that's the other thing, by the way. You know, usually when you use a lawnmower, uh, you can tell right away because it's kind of ripping the grass across the top. 
And I had to Unless do that you sharpen your all blades. the time, right? So you're always sharpening your blades. I haven't sharpened this thing yet, and it's been running, you know, for three or four weeks now. So uh, I think I think I found a winner here. Well, it's really better do. than going out there with a tweezer and a and scissors, and, <laughs> like you used to do, right? I to, am to neatly manicure your. Lawn. I am loving. I am loving having this autonomous mower. Really am. So I highly recommend people to go get these things. It's just fantastic. But does it compare to a Yarbo? Not yet. <laughs> yeah. The Tech Ranch. Bronnens get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Tony, has Steve, have you seen any uh, weather balloons lately? Uh, not since they came crashing down. Have you, ever, have, you ever, down soon enough. have you ever seen a weather balloon actually oh, yeah. getting launched? National Weather Service sends them up every day. Yeah. Yeah. I was over at the... If you're out at the airport, uh, you can watch them set them up there because that's... Do they have a specific time they do that every day? They do because they coordinate with the airport so there's no aviation gotcha. issues. And they have to make sure there's no general aviation as well as commercial aviation that could be interfered right. with. So uh, they, they notify it to pilots pretty well and and they're in little parameters of when they can because they don't want to interfere with general or commercial aviation at the airport do they shoot up pretty fast oh, I mean, they like oh yeah them and they just go yep just boom. wow and how high do they go do you know really 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 far up yeah yeah they're they're like up in the stratosphere atmosphere stuff and then they just drop but they can down. set them for different levels too so it depends okay. on where they want to you know, it, so like weather balloons do a lot of different things. So if you're looking, great example, the smoke. So if you want to measure the particulate matter in the smoke, right. you'll you'll set the weather balloon to go to a certain altitude to capture where that layer of smoke is. Or if they want to go higher to measure this or, you know, so there's, you almost have to look at it as, as a, a 3D plane. So you're working in different planes because you've got the vertical and the horizontal and you can go to different altitudes depending on what they want to measure. Do because they, because you got to remember too, like the jet stream, it's at different levels. Right. And, yeah, it changes and all the time. Winds aloft or at this or this or this. That's why if you're flying and there's turbulence at this level, but they'll drop you 500 feet or right. raise you 500 right. feet to get you out of the turbulence right. because there's different layers when it comes to wind flows. So do they do they chase these things down after they come back to Earth? I know? think there's a little note in them that says, if found, return to. I love that. I'm so serious. I, so every, no, I, I, so every yeah. day they send at least one up yeah. at the same time every day. Um, I should have asked this question because there was there's a, multiples. I, when I was at and, the TV um, studio the other day, they had uh, um, a group of of meteorologists from the Bismarck Weather uh, Service really? there, and they were all they were talking to the meteorologists at the studio, uh, and yeah, there was like fifteen of them. I have them on my there. weekly radio show on was, a regular basis yeah, as well. Yeah, it was kind know, of fun. Weather's to talk important to them a where we bit. live. Sure. Yeah. So that that's kind of fun. I should have asked about the weather balloons. But speaking of weather balloons, so the Chinese weather balloon or pseudo pseudo weather, weather balloons. balloons. Uh, that came floating over the United States a few months ago. Um, the Wall Street Journal has just released a story about it. The Chinese balloon used uh, American tech to spy on Americans. That's the headline of the story. Okay, I've got a question, and this is a, a legitimate tech question. So are the Chinese tech savvy, or are they just savvy at stealing 
other people's tech. Well, because you hear time and time again about intellectual property being usurped by the Chinese government or Chinese companies. They steal a lot of stuff. They... Well, but they, they manufacture still, a lot they of stuff. They still have to be good at tech they, to make that happen, but yeah. they're they're but they really steal a lot really of stuff. They're really good at mimicking things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there there are great people from all over the world. I mean, but you know, the the Chinese government uses technology to spy on. You know, even and I'll back up a little bit, I guess. So even the tech that they can that they can borrow from us, so to speak, is, in my opinion, a way to spy on us a little bit, too. So this is a great example. So when um, we'll get to the weather balloon stuff a little bit, but I was at CES. This is, this is the first year. So this, I'm guessing, 2006, 2007, somewhere in there, that our smart devices were starting to have, um, or our cell phones, cell phones, we're starting to have cameras put into them, okay? So Alice and I are walking through the new product innovation space. As you're at, in Wonderland. At CES, right? And huge signs everywhere. No cameras allowed. No recording devices allowed of any kind, right? And we walk up and, you know, you look at stuff. Because the reason for that is because it's just so easy to, to you could easily take photographs and then go back and reverse engineer this stuff. And it protected these people who had these new innovations that they could actually show them off, right? So we're coming up to this group and we're like, what is behind? There's like a 100 people just huddled around this thing, right? And we're trying to get in there to speak. Well, we realized why there was 100 people around it because the one that was in the middle had their cell phone up and they were taking pictures of this device and they were using their bodies, a human shield, so to speak, to make sure that security or whatever could not see what they were doing. Wow. And I was like, I was amazed to see that. Um, we had another instance where... And this is really going to blow your mind. You know, that's how beatdown started. Yeah, we nice. were uh, um, we were at a convention in Las Vegas, the Ink Show. As you know, I used to be really big into inkjet inks and inkjet papers. Yeah, he's all thing. tatted up, folks. He's yes, <laughs> yeah. Something I don't have. But they uh, uh, so we had a booth there because we had what was called the Ink Machine. We invented this machine. Uh, well, we, it's not really a machine, but it was a. Device. It's the device that actually had bulk ink in there that would deliver, instead of using inkjet cartridges, you would actually just pour bulk ink into it, and it just dramatic savings in this thing. So we were showing that off, and our booth was very busy. I mean, people would be coming by, and we had this booth that was, I mean, we had so many people in it. And there was this Chinese organization right next to us. Well, the show went on for four days. The second day, their booth had been redesigned, and it looked an awful lot like ours. I mean, they matched our our uh, our, our table skirts, uh, the whole bit, and then they even, they even started to dress like we were dressed. So they wanted it to look like they were just an extension of our booth. The third day, they ran out and bought really cheesy Hawaiian just, shirts, just like just, you. It was just un. <laughs> It's just not hey, I spend good money in my Hawaiian shirts, I want to tell you. 
They're, they're not the four ninety nine off the rack stuff, you know. They're the nine ninety nine off the genuine imitation silk, folks. Really? I'm, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so funny. But you're right. I used to wear those all the time. Um, so anyway, uh, the third day we're there, and we had a meeting that ran after the show was over. So Nick and Alice and I were at this meeting. There were other people manning our booth, and we come. Uh, a little after five, and we come around the corner, and there are people in our booth. Oh, they just took over your booth at that point. And <laughs> as we get closer, they're they're in under our tables, going through our boxes. Whoa! This is how brave they are, right? So reason, you know, we get up there, and of course, we saw you, we saw you. You know, we didn't want to. You know, no, uh, you're not. I know that that that, that was that, your job. That was that's exactly right. And so, of course, we reported them to the show, and and they said, well, you know, we just the only thing we can do is not invite them back next year. Well, they'll come in under another name. You Were know, you in Las Vegas? In Las Vegas. Don't you know people? So, oh, it gets better. <laughs> you, you're gonna love the ending to the show, of course. We're upset about the whole scenario. I mean, you're you're literally there stealing our stuff, right? And so, when you leave, when the show's over with. You know, people will... Uh, I would have walked over and stole their stuff. It's it's a union show, right? So... Oh, union people know people. And there there is never a process that you have to go through to, uh, you know, get your stuff out of the show. So we were getting in line to do this, and the rest of the story is nice. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Ranch, as we explore the cutting edge of tech with Marlo and Steve. For more exclusive content, visit thetechranch.com. All right, so I'm in line uh, outside. So there's there's a process. If you don't have your booth shipped in and out of the Las Vegas Convention Center, there's a way you can collect your booth, right? And they'll put it up on a cart. See, now, you, you, you could have stopped this whole thing because I would have gone out the first day and bought a bunch of shovels and then <laughs> set them up there. And when they ask what the shovels are for, you're like, we're in Las Vegas. There's a lot of holes in the desert. <laughs> it would have solved a lot of issues. Oh, this is significantly better what just happened. Just telling you. So as I'm, as I'm in my car to get my stuff, here they come this other booth and they had their booth stacked up on one of these carts and they come rolling out and right in front of me and like the yard foreman sees this going on and he comes running right over and he puts his hand up and he said what are you doing and they're like well our car is right over here we're gonna go get our car we're gonna take this over to our car and he's like no you don't understand this cart that you're using is actually property of the Las Vegas Convention Center and it does not leave the floor. He goes, so first of all, you've already committed this violation. Secondly, all these people in line are in line for a reason. You have to go get your car and get in line behind everybody else. And, and you will bring your stuff and, up. And for you, you will be, you know, taken care of in the order that you are in this line. And they're 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 just like no 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 we just go get car we bring over and whatever and uh, after it's hard a little to get bit, your car with the tire slash now in after it? a little bit <laughs> they leave one person with this cart it's still in front of my car so I can't even move forward when the line proceeds on because they're just plopped in right there right 
About five minutes they later. They screwed with you all weekend, they didn't did. they? Oh, I, you just, you're going to love this. About five minutes later, they come rolling up with their car. They start loading the car right in front of me. Now, the rest of the line hasn't moved yet, so I'm not, you know, getting a little antsy here because they're in my way. And, uh, and I have the best seat in the house to watch what happens. Did you video it? The yard foreman comes over, and he's like, what are you doing now? Oh, we load car. We get out of here. And he's like, I told you. Because we have all this info we stole that we have to get back to our superiors. I told you, he said, <laughs> that you have to bring your car around, and everybody has to wait, and you got to take this cart back over here. And they just continue to load. They're ignoring him. So he goes gets a forklift under the car, up in the air. Their car. Their car. <laughs> Now, you right. know, I did like this. <laughs> you know they need to get to the airport. That car is a rented car, and now it's in the air. I could not stop laughing. Did everybody get out and oh, give my, the foreman pe- a round of applause? People were actually clapping. Yes. Yes. It was an unbelievable thing to see happen. And, of course, because of my personal interaction with them, it was just like, you just got what you deserved for being at this show, and now you got to deal with this this crazy thing that you got to deal with now. See, I would have gone through all their their stuff to get your own stuff back because I'm sure they. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. say if they actually stole stuff. I think they were just in there taking photos and things because we didn't see anything missing. But but they really did. They really worked hard to make it look like it was their booth. People would walk by our booth and talk to us, and they would just it would be like an extension. They would be they would continue the conversation. They would wow. hang around while we were talking to people. It was really a challenging situation for us. Yeah, you know, I I, I kind of had one of those moments a couple of weeks ago because you know how much construction is going on in yeah. in our city and and one of the major thoroughfares, the expressway, and we're all backed up it, over the river, the bridge over the river as I'm going back to the east, and and we're not moving. I'm on the bridge, and, and it's a mile to the intersection that it's one lane, and we're not moving, and all these cars are going by, and the reason we're not moving is because all these cars are cutting in oh, yes. when they get up, yes. so we're not moving. Right. So... I pulled over into the middle of the road. Yes. And you should have seen the people applauding on all the cars yeah. around me going, because you're not getting by me. Right. Uh, no, you can wait your turn. That's right. So there's something to be said about waiting your turn. Yeah, I've been in situations similar to what you're talking about, and usually a semi driver will just pull out and just block the whole thing. Yeah. Lane, good for everybody's you. Everybody's honking and saying, yeah, because you get tired of it after a while. I mean, you've been in line for 10 minutes or yeah. 20 minutes already and not moving anywhere because people continue to cut you off. Well, so. what, what's it called? Uh, church rules when you like, all right, everybody take turns right. in the parking yeah. lot, and that's, that, that's fine. But when you're backed up a mile, and people are just buzzing by that one lane of traffic to go cut in. Right. No. Yep. No. That, that, you, you that's how that, road rage happens. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So anyway, back to the Chinese balloon now because it's a squirrel moment. You know, so you and, wait, wait, you wait a minute. I, wait, wait. You're not done. With what? So when did their car get off the forklift no or is it still there? I, I don't know. I'm guessing sooner or later they needed the forklift, but I'm guessing it took a few hours because they had a lot of cars to take care of first. Oh. I'm guessing it was the last car to be to be taken care of that day. That would be my what did, guess. What did the Chinese guys do? I don't know. I don't know. They were not happy. I will tell you that. 
<laughs> they were not happy at all. And I see, you know, and I, I that's don't, one of those stories. It's like I want more. I don't understand the uh, the language. So, but I noticed that they were tapping their watches a lot. So I knew they had to get somewhere. Like they had to be at the airport in an hour or two or whatever it was. So they were they were pretty frantic about what are we going to do. Because, so the uh, didn't they call their superiors and that black have, SUV show up? And I have no idea. Load up all the stuff they it stole. It was soon my turn to get loaded up, and I got loaded up and out of there. So. But when I was leaving, the car was still in the air. So that was That's hilarious. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a martini now and That's relax a little hilarious. bit. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, All right, balloons. Yeah, so the Chinese balloon, weather balloon, um, it used American tech to spy on us. So they found the preliminary U.S. findings show... I'm just reading this from the uh, Wall Street Journal. Preliminary U.S. findings show the craft collected photos and videos, but didn't appear to transmit them, officials say. so. Was it printing them with your stolen ink Yeah, who info? knows, right? Yeah, it's just, there was uh, a report in there. The Chinese spy balloon that floated over the U.S. earlier this year was loaded with American-made equipment that helped it collect photos, videos, and other information, U.S. officials said, citing preliminary findings from a closely held investigation. Um, it was shot down on February 4th over the Atlantic Ocean. Were there more than one shot down, though? Yeah, there was one that was shot down over the Great Lakes, too, but wasn't, right. wasn't that not... I think that was actually determined later on that it was not a Chinese weather balloon. It was uh, this other group that Came was, from Bismarck. <laughs> that was floating <laughs> balloons in the, you know, over the Great Lakes, whatever. And I, I was thinking when that happened, I'm like, boy... Does everybody who rides in a, a hot air balloon right now feel at risk from being shot down? I would, yeah, I would for a little bit anyway. And I think it's one of the most amazing things to ever do in your life. If you ever get a chance to go in a hot air balloon, have you I ever have. been? I it's have. It's amazing, isn't it? Yep. Down one in New Mexico, most, I was down in a hot air balloon. And uh, one in Oregon, I was in a hot air balloon. One of the, the most amazing experiences people yeah, have. It's, it's just so quiet and crazy. serene. Yeah, you're just kind of floating along. It's just really cool. Um yeah, and, and uh, they also are stating that um, that the information was not transmitted. So they had transmitting equipment on board, but it was not transmitted due to some type of jamming uh, technology that we were implementing around it. So this is where the conspiracy stuff is really going to fly because they can just be saying this after the fact to spin this, of course. And right. I'm sure a lot of people are, are like... Nobody even knew that it was, you know, yeah. supposedly nobody knew. How do you knew, jam something when you don't know it's, it's even there, there or, or paying attention not, to it? That's right. Not paying attention to it until somebody in Montana said, why is there that balloon up in the sky? And why is it kind of hovering instead of just floating? Yeah. 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 It, it, and why it is it had, hovering over missile silos right, and military exactly, bases? And, exactly. Because they had they had the ability to, to drive it a little bit as well. You can't drive a weather balloon or a balloon, you know, like... Everywhere, but you can direct it a little bit, you know. So if you're smart about putting it up um, at a certain time and get it into that 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 wind that's that's favorable to you. Well, there's a lot of weather technology that goes into launching those weather balloons yes. as well as not just tracking weather, but you know, there's there's a science to it. Uh, you know, take a look at uh, and and it's it's kind of uh, the precursor to UAS. So it's a platform, right? And you're subject to the the wind currents and where the plat, you know, 
the platform is going to go because of the weather conditions. Right. But if you take a look back in World War II, Japan had a campaign. They were putting explosive devices on weather balloons and floating them across the Pacific Ocean. Yep. Now, none landed where they did any damage, but some landed in Canada, some landed in California. Uh, I know one landed in Oregon. Hmm. Um, didn't do any damage, but their thought was incendiary devices and start big fires and burn the West Coast of the United States down, and, and that helps their war effort. Sure. Fortunately, it didn't work, yeah. but... Interesting. But old-school technology that uh, for nefarious reasons. One of the paragraphs in the Wall Street Journal article, I'm just going to read it. While the balloon took in data during its eight-day passage over Alaska, Canada, and a swath of the contiguous, contiguous excuse me, U.S. states, the craft didn't appear to send that information back to China, the officials said. The officials declined to say whether the craft malfunctioned, though the Pentagon has said the U.S. military employed countermeasures to prevent information collected by the balloon. Oh, wait a minute. I, I, I just had another theory, and this all makes sense now. It was only supposed to be a three-hour tour, and Gilligan was in charge <laughs> of sending the information back. That's what happened. That is more plausible. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and they wonder why we don't trust our own government They anymore. should have sent the professor. Wow. <laughs> Although none of his I stuff mean, Everybody... everybody I, I mean, maybe at one time they started to employ countermeasures, but what kind of countermeasures outside of maybe jamming the sink signal coming off the balloon would they have employed? And you can't tell me that, I mean, did they put drones up around it that followed it the entire time? Well, you know that's just I mean? it. If, if, so if you remember the news stories on it, and there were there was a big gap between, oh, hey, there's this Chinese weather balloon floating over collecting data yeah. and the government response time Well, and know, even, when they actually did something. So did they do something in that gap? or Because it still took a long time for them to realize what it was. So, well, and it was this, you know, the one day, I remember it being talked about the one day, it was in the media, that is, you know, this balloon in Montana, right? And I started to dig into it a little bit. And the very next morning, it's in Missouri? What? How did the balloon get to Missouri yeah. overnight? I mean, that, that, that would be quite the wind. To Which get probably would have damaged the balloon because they are fairly fragile. So obviously this had been going on for a little while already and the media was just catching up to it is what was going on. Now, so, was it a red balloon? It was a white balloon. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like the clown from It. Here's the here's okay. the picture right here. Not the clown from It. Because if it was the clown from It balloon, then it could have been in Missouri the next day. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, Using I mean, sewer systems. What would, uh, what would you, what, what color of balloon would you have floated over the United States? Blue. Why blue? Because it would blend in with space and oh, would be, hard be harder to, to see. see. Interesting. Maybe they thought the, maybe they thought a lot of clouds would be out, and that's why they went with white instead. Yeah. I don't know. It's actually that silver material. It was just so that would be a, a non um, shiny uh, reflective surface, right? So that no matter what the cloud conditions were, just be reflecting the color around it. That's what I would do. Ah. A little stealthy a little, there. A little stealth. That's right. If you're gonna if you're gonna do it right, I mean, you can't tell me, and, and and I don't mean to get into politics here, but you cannot tell me that they wanted this to be seen, or was it a test? Well, it's a little of both. 
Or was it the actual U.S. government doing it? That's not even getting back conspiracy theory. But anyway... Where's the, that roll of tinfoil? The <laughs> biggest thing about this, of course, is that they were using our own tech against us. <laughs> so it was loaded with uh, technology from the United States, some things from China, but a lot of technology from the United States. Now, the question is, is was did it not transmit because it was actually blocked from U.S. technology, or was the U.S. technology the part that didn't work, so... You got all of that going on, right? There's a lot of balls up there, or balloons up in the air. <laughs> I like the balloon thing instead. So, um, yeah, so it's really interesting, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more questions before there are answers about this balloon. Now, the better question is, will there be more balloons? Because the Chinese government has also utilized them in other places. This is just the first one we've known about in the United States. So what are the places have they put them up at? Uh, they've had them in other countries and, and like small countries spying on people. Interesting. Very interesting. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 12. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. Well, we're going to continue our talk on aircraft. Oh, not balloon talk anymore? No, we're going to get away from that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this the other day. Virgin Galactic completes first commercial space flight after setbacks and delays. What were the setbacks and delays? Well, they've had some delays. You know, uh, Richard Branson, of course, took the inaugural flight two years ago already. and uh, uh, But on Thursday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, at an altitude of around 50,000 feet, they, they, uh, the rocket-powered Galactic 01 spacecraft was released from a carrier plane. So they have a carrier plane that goes up to 50,000 feet, and then they launch their craft from that, okay? Like the X-1 rocket program back yeah. after World War Yeah, and, II. you know, even the uh, they even tested shuttles. Yeah, they were on piggyback yep. on the top of, of aircraft. Now, those weren't released, though. Not those, released. They, they were just, just checking out the aerodynamics. Right. They went up and down right. on the back of that aircraft. Yep. This is actually a release. Released at an altitude of 50,000 feet. Climbed as high as 279,000 feet, which is the Kármán line. Which is the uh, uh, commonly used as Carmen San Diego? Yeah, K A R M A N oh. Carmen line, like and Carmen Gia. That is uh, the the demarcate demarcation. Yes, for the start of space, <laughs> where the so. final frontier begins. Yes, okay. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so that happened on Thursday. Um, so that's kind of exciting, and and this, to me, I mean, there's there's different things that are going on in space travel right now. Uh, to me, this is a, a very exciting piece of space travel because I think in the next, and I think Virgin is going to lead the way in this in the next five to ten Not years. Blue Origin. Well, for what I'm about ready to say. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, passenger service on Earth. But they'll go into space to get us around the around. So oh, like circumnavigating so, the globe. And, right. They're gonna they're gonna take you. You're gonna basically take a jet or whatever, and you go into the lower fringes of space, get to significantly higher speeds. I need to be in Hong Kong in two hours. That's correct. Okay, you can do it. Yes, that's exactly what this is about. Yeah, it's gonna be spendy, but you can uh, get there. Yep. 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 And, you know, it might only be eight or ten passengers or whatever, but, but like you said, it, it'll happen in two hours. 
know, so this is this is pretty cool. And well, if I you think do about believe... the efficiencies, uh, because no drag, no. Oh, yeah. I mean, significant. Yeah. So, what are your opportunities for different fuel sources or power supplies if you're utilizing that mode of transportation? Because no drag coefficient. No, I mean. The biggest part of a, of going into space is getting out of Earth's gravity. That's correct. So if you've done most of that work, you don't need the big booster rockets and the huge expanse of fuel. If you're already up at atmosphere and then you're dropped from that carrier plane and it's a little hop, skip, and a jump to get up into now there's no drag coefficient, how much fuel do you need? Well, Not much. Not anymore once you get there. Yeah. You know? So I've always wondered, and somebody figuring was out the glide path. playing around with this here not too long ago uh, about balloons again, right? And how high can you take a balloon up, and then can you launch something from a balloon? No, I have that song in my head. And get you into outer space. Up, up and away. <laughs> and I forget who it was that did this, but they actually, Judy, somebody had actually. Judy Collins. <laughs> Wrong who did that. Oh, sorry. It's me. You got to clarify. You know that. Judy was really smart. She sang the song and then Way she went ahead up in the balloon and, and got herself into space. But yeah, I mean, if you if you can get yourself to, to 50,000 feet in an air balloon and then launch from there, I mean, you've already gained so much right. more. Uh, and somebody had taken. You've defeated the majority of gravity. That's correct. That's correct. So that, that's what it's about is, yeah. is defeating gravity yeah. to. Launch but, off the I planet. I mean, at fifty thousand feet, you still need to go another two hundred and thirty thousand feet. This is not like you're. It's not still an, a, a small thing that you have to get to to get to the fringe of space. But but gravity, gravity is diminishes. More, yes, that's correct because the drag coefficient diminishes. Yes, yeah, so it does. So as you get to the core, there's a greater gravitational field. Exactly. So as you go out from the core of the Earth, it's less gravity. Yep. I think somebody just should tether. I did not sleep that day in class. I think somebody should just tether something to the earth, right? As that's as it's spinning, you just let out a little more line, a little more line, a little more line, and you just sling your slingshot yourself into outer space. So, Marlo, do you fish? I do. So, Used have you ever, have you ever had a backlash? No. What You've never back, had a backlash. What's a backlash? Maybe where, a backlash where you go to cast and your line backs up and you get that big knot in your spool. I've been fortunate enough not to have that happen. Really? Maybe I don't fish what, enough. Do you still fish with a Snoopy rod? That's like the only one that doesn't oh, do that. Fly fishing. Oh, fly fishing. Well, that's fly fishing's different. But anybody who's cast, you get the line as it goes out, it goes out too fast, and you wind up getting this backlash. The, the spool backs up, and you get this knot in your line. You don't envision that happening at all with a tether? <laughs> it's just with, as the earth spinning and just, just putting the tether up and I, you, I, I, I'm just seeing a big backlash. You need to have a kite, I suppose. A kite that's tethered to something. You just keep, you release a little more line, a little more line, a little more line. Clear the airspace for a hundred miles around you. <laughs> no big deal. What bad could happen? I, I don't see anything bad There's happening. There's so here. many things that could happen here. Well, and and why? So I got all these things. And by the way, we should be talking about our project now. I think we can talk about. We this. can talk about it now. I think so. Okay. I mean, it's it's somewhat public now, right? I mean, we had we had a thing here a week ago. 
and it's public. Other people yeah, we had a thing. So, so yeah, well, and you've had phone calls from people that, that saw read, the thing, read, read about the thing, and read about yeah at, from the thing. Yeah. And now they've they're like, hey, this is a really good idea. But well, we'll finish up this conversation yes. first, and then we'll get into our little. Which conversation little, was it? Were we on the tether? Or we're still were we on we're the, still tethering to earth. So did speaking of the tether to earth. Now you got me going all all different directions. That never happens. In the seventies, did you know that there was an effort to actually have a tethered cord? I guess that's kind of part of it, right? I mean, you have a, a cord that's tethered to the earth that went to a craft in outer space that had deployed a significant solar collection grid. In the seventies. And because they were high enough up, it would be work it would work twenty four seven because you'd be high enough up. Because and then you would just basically transport the electricity that you were generating in outer space down to Earth, and it was deemed that that was not a plausible thing to do, so they stopped working on it. But what's interesting is that now this is being talked about again, but it's being talked about because you can transmit electricity wirelessly. So is it possible? to actually have a craft in outer space with significant solar panels on it that can work 24-7 that then could beam that electricity to Earth. Well, that makes all the sense in the world to do that out in that space because there's those, and this is a big plan in Europe, to block the sun because of global warming. I've climate heard change. of this. Yes. yes. I'm like, so... Somewhere in my mind, there's a disconnect. <laughs> little disconnect going you, you on. You can't here, make yeah. some of that up. Yeah, yeah. But maybe our little project will help with that. You know what? It it could. I think it could. I think it will. And maybe they won't have to block the sun anymore. Just saying. <laughs> I don't like the sun. <laughs> I think the forest fires are doing a pretty good job of that already. Yeah. yeah just saying. Pretty much. Yeah. Over in Europe now, by the way, the smoke from Canada. Amazing. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. This is the Pet Minute. I'm Steve Dale. Tick disease is spreading like never before. Next. Your dog loves going to the dog park and seeing his buddies. Maybe sometimes when you travel, he gets to hang out with friends at his favorite boarding facility. Social dogs like yours need more protection than most. By pairing Bordetella protection, also known as kennel cough, with immunity against canine influenza, we can help ensure these dogs stay healthy. Merck Animal Health wants you to talk with your veterinarian about pairing up for protection with vaccines for your dog for kennel cough and the canine influenza virus. Don't wait. Vaccinate. More ticks than ever, and veterinary technician Becky Mosser says the deer population is in part responsible. One deer can give life to about 400,000 ticks in that deer's lifetime by providing them blood and a place to live. And so anywhere we see deer, we see ticks, and what we know is there are more deer than ever. Tick prevention is effective, and so is the vaccine for Lyme disease. Talk with your veterinarian. For the Pet Minute, I'm Steve Day. A tradition like you've never experienced before. Except, I guess, it is our 10th. 
10th anniversary, but we keep getting bigger and better. It's Bike Night 2023 every Wednesday night at Sickie's Garage Burgers and Brews. Fenders, cocktails, and beer, food, games, and incredible weekly prize giveaways. All summer long, sign up to win a 2023 CF Moto 650 NK motorcycle from Dvorak Motorsports and RV Center. The more bike nights you attend, the more you have chances to win that motorcycle. Here's just a few of our sponsors. Seafoam Motor Treatment, Mord Sport and Marine, Bismarck 10 Company, BTP Total Performance, Indian Motorcycle of Bismarck Mandat, Timeless Motorsports, T-Trailer Sales and Rental, Superior Silkscreen, Abate of North Dakota, XP3 Gas and Fuel Additive, Jim Bauer, XP3.com. We're revving up every Wednesday night from 5 till 9. All summer long. Bike Night 2023 at Sickie's Garage, Burgers and Brews. Learn more on our station app. LXX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packer. The 4th of July travel rush already off and running for millions of Americans. The TSA estimates nearly 18 million people will fly this holiday weekend. The agency and airlines are hoping for a smooth weekend after storms and staffing issues earlier this week snarled thousands of flights. And we learned Friday that even a top airline executive could not escape the recent airport headaches. The CEO of United Airlines is facing some criticism in the travel chaos this week. Even he couldn't get a seat on a United flight, so he took a private jet. Well, he's now apologizing for that. He says that was insensitive to the many people who were stuck waiting to get home. ABC's Trevor Alt at Newark International Airport. And airlines facing a new challenge. Today, the deadline for them to retrofit aircraft as telecommunication companies turn on the expanded 5G cellular network. ABC aviation analyst John Nance explains. There's a thing in the flight deck of every jetliner uh, called a radio altimeter, which we need to tell us exactly the distance above the ground of the airplane in very low visibility approaches. And this new 5G or mode C uh, capability, which is so extraordinary for us, cellular phones, has the potential, it was thought, of interfering with those signals. But there's really no evidence of it, and there's been a controversy. The Biden administration says it's working quickly on Plan B to relieve student debt following the Supreme Court's ruling. The decision means tens of millions of people will have to start making payments later this year, says ABC's Alexis Christophorus. She also says there are still options. Explore payment plans because they are out there. The Supreme Court decision didn't squash that. There's something called income-driven repayment plans. President Biden has now made the parameters around those a little more generous. And so they peg what you owe on that loan to your income and your family size. So there is some relief out there. In France, over 1,300 arrested in a fourth night of protests over the fatal police shooting of a teen of Algerian descent. This is ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, mostly sunny, a high near 88. Slight chance of a storm tonight, partly cloudy, 64. Sunny and hot and a little breezy at times on Sunday, a high near 92. Slight chance of a shower or storm Sunday night, lows around 62. For Monday, chance of showers and storms, 84. Grandpa's barbecue sauce is perfect for summer grilling. Get it at grandpasbbqshop.com. Right now, it's 82. National headlines this week had all eyes on the hunters we discuss. 
And are you packed, loaded, and heading out for the 4th of July? We are and have pro fishing tips plus a cooking trend that you will definitely want to give a try. This is Beck with The Ben Show, your outdoors and western lifestyle radio show. Be sure to tune into The Ben Show. Right here, Saturdays following Ranch It Up on Super Talk 1270. It's all about the pets. Steve Dale's Pet World. Saturday afternoon at 4 on Super Talk 1270. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. So... So what's, what's IT stand for? Well, I just referenced the clown. Yeah. The red balloon. But if you're in the Not computer, a horror movie. If you're in the computer world, what's IT? Intelligent technology. Intelligent technology. Really? I wonder how many other people don't know what IT stands for. It's a great question. <laughs> Sounded good, though, didn't it? It was pretty good. It's <laughs> a good yeah. guess. Yeah. And, you know, not, not so far off. Give it a, give it another try. Intelligent technology is Steve's first. So it's funny we talk about IT all the time, right? All the time you hear the you hear the term all the time. Intellectual. I got nothing. Information technology. Information technology. I knew that. Yes, you did know this. I did know that. It's just that when you have to think about it, you're like, ah, what the heck does it stand for again? So information technology. So when you hear the term IT. Not the clown. It's not always about networking and all that other stuff. IT just really does, you know, well, encumber a lot of things. The foundation for it is connectivity. So if you think about connections and the connectivity that's basically what information technology is is you don't even know what it stood for now you now you're trying to tell I me what you think i didn't know it is. what it stood for i just couldn't remember uh, but <laughs> but if you think about it how many things technology wise come back to connectivity so here's the definition information technology is the use of any computer storage network and other physical devices infrastructure and processes so it's very broad to create, process, store, secure, and exchange all forms of electronic data. So as long as it's electronic data of and the means to store it or to move it, you're in IT. Simple as that. So isn't all data technology? Or... Yeah. <laughs> you, well, you, but, you look so but, confused over there. But isn't all data what IT? you said? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, electronic. Yeah, I mean, if it if it's if it's electronic, but there's if it's stored or I'd imagine or created because it's not like so. If you think about it, it and this goes back to that tech connectivity piece is anything you do with anything is electronic at some point. So that makes all data electronic. 
Well, not it's necessarily. It's not like you're whipping I mean, out the slide ruler and abacus and going. Okay. But if you are, then you're you're then, not probably. But you could you could even make the argument that uh, the only thing that's different is that it's not electronic. That's it, you know. Uh, but you're right. I mean, sooner or later, it probably ends up in a computer if it's worthwhile anyway. Well, if it's in your brain, your brain works off of electrical impulses. It's electronic. So what? Now I'm going to ask some IT person. Oh, that's right. You're right. I don't. So <laughs> you don't know if you know this or not. Boy, we're gonna jump all over. But uh, I think Armin, Armin's coming on pretty shortly here. So, which is why we're talking about IT. Uh, but one of the ten innovations of 2023 is a uh, top ten, I should say, is a device that hooks up to your head, and you can actually think about what you want the computer to do. Like Cerebro? Like Cerebro, yeah. Isn't that something? Wow. Isn't that something? Yeah. And this is actually, uh, and, and this is all about artificial intelligence again and how things are just speeding up exponentially because of this, right? Well, there's um, been some sci-fi movies with military applications yeah. like that where they think because of the ability to fly a plane Yes. Like a fighter. Yeah, they, and they have a helmet that they, they use. They have a helmet yeah. that... Yeah. Go back old school. Uh, elements... Remember the, the Clint Eastwood movie Firefox? Mm-hmm. There were elements of that in that, that aircraft. Is, that is true. So that's been that, around that's, long. That's an that's old a, movie. That's a great movie, too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That rooster tail on the I'm deck. I'm enjoying my bubbly right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, how's the chai, by the way? Very chai good. Chai it's hot. What is it? Chai coffee, right? Yeah, we want chai, oh, chai tea latte. latte. Yeah, that's right. You're welcome, by the way. Thank you. Your Keurig works faster than our regular radio studio. That's Keurig, right. Which takes that's 45 right. minutes for a cup of. Yeah, we're in, we're it's in first generation. We're in 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 the it's collectible the street sounds <laughs> studio today, <laughs> as opposed to the yeah, radio that, station. That, that's a collectible. Keurig. Is, isn't as <laughs> a collectible Keurig. I always think about our studio being so small, but compared to the radio station studio, this is humongous. Yeah, it's actually big. <laughs> we have, you know, microphones and and computer screens that you can use here. I'm just saying that the radio station's computer screen is a little small, isn't it? I don't know how you operate that thing out there, actually. I'm still trying to figure out how they get the hamster inside that computer, because that's how old it is. Yep, yeah. This is kind of a... I have to look over the top of this computer screen to see you, though, so uh, it's it's quite a large... Or at least not... I mean, We do need a monitor on the other side, though, so you can see what's going on on this screen. Yeah, we'll have to to work on that because, you know, now I won't be able to see Armin when he comes in. mirrored monitor. Yeah, that's exactly right. Or maybe I can just broadcast it behind you on that TV screen. We have that capability, and I can just look at it that way, too. Just saying. I should just set that up the next time. You should. Yeah, I know. That might work. very smart. All right. But... What were we talking about? Oh, IT. IT. And the interface and then and AI. Electrical data. Yeah. So you'll be able to think and it'll it'll appear on your on your screen. Firefox. It's totally amazing. And artificial intelligence is really, really accelerating these technologies now. Um, the other thing with artificial intelligence that I found interesting is as drugs. The ability to create new pharmaceuticals has accelerated like we've never seen before. Isn't that something? 
because it can actually take and look at DNA, can take a look at the virus that it's trying to fight or whatever, and actually uh, quickly figure out ways to combat that. So that old adage, there's a pill for that, actually has more meaning now? Wow. I, I cannot imagine what and where we are going with pharmaceuticals in the future. You know, we're talking about how you and I, your glasses are all fucked Chai up. still hot. <laughs> it, it is hot. That's amazing, actually. That's still that warm. It really must have been warm coming out of the Keurig. Especially when you handed me the mug without the handle. Yeah, it was, <laughs> there you go, Steve. Uh -huh. Thanks, Marlo. <laughs> <laughs> Karma, oh, my friend. Karma. Uh, so... What other spaces, uh, you know, pharmaceuticals is probably not something that people think about as for artificial for intelligence. Artificial right? intelligence. Yeah. And, and you play in a lot of different spaces with artificial intelligence. You dabble in AI. What are some of the other areas that you wouldn't think of AI being a, a component that you've pulled or teased or pushed it in different directions? Well, I think one of the big things is going to be food. And it goes out, I mean, it's just not that far from pharmaceuticals, right? I mean, you're able to uh, get into the DNA of stuff. You can get into the genetics of crops and the ability to decipher. Well, they have GMO right now. Well, yeah, they do. But, but it, I just think it's going to become more and more defined as we move forward because there, there's more people to feed. Well, and and there's... You know, the environment to grow crops. I was just having a conversation with somebody last night about a dry um, climate corn that produced 110 bushel an acre last year in their property in western North Dakota. And it wasn't exactly wet last year. And I'm like, I'm just thinking to myself, how is that even possible? But it was, you know, it's GMO. GMO. It, was, it was designed to be in a dry climate, and I'm I'm like, well, you still need moisture somehow or another to. So I grew up in the eastern part of North Dakota, and not typically corn area, and moved out of state for a few years, come back, and there's corn everywhere. I'm like, what is going? Yeah. Not this isn't a place corn grows. Yeah. GMO corn, yeah. and I talked uh, to a Canadian at the state fair in North Dakota maybe 10 years ago, eight, eight, 10 years ago. And he was telling me about his 142 bushel acre corn in Canada. Isn't that something? Because it was 67 day corn. Right. Because you've truncated the growing, you've accelerated the growing yeah. rate. And I think what's going to happen with, with AI and it'll make it because it, AI is going to drive the cost of the research down so much in these things. They can actually take weather data they can take, you know, soil conditions. They can take all this stuff and then create these micro seeds. I, I mean, maybe that's not the right word to say, but 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 seeds that have genetics in them for that are specific, for a very specific region. Well, instead you, of like, like you look at precision agriculture right now with UAS yeah. and, and what drones are able to do with precision agriculture, exactly. or even a, a, a combine or a tractor or a planter or a, or a sprayer, and you're looking at micro nutrients and things that are going into that crop now, now imagine because seed it's specific being, to yeah, yeah now so now go to the seed yeah. well you've already got seed that says different things coded on it for yeah, yeah, yeah. for weed control or different you have all that yeah. going on but now you get it down to it's not just a client it's not just a climate zone anymore because like 
like you know, there's zone one, zone two, zone three. I think like North Dakota, where where you and I are sitting, uh, we're like a zone five, right? And then Canada's a zone six. It just depends on on the growing season and all these things. Well, now they can just they can have subcultures or sub whatever of these of these uh, uh, zones. So you could be zone five two A, right? And then they can make seeds to that because the climate there is different than zone five two B. So I truly believe this is that AI is going to play a very very critical role in in this in the food production and and just making things better in that area whether you like it or not I mean I just think it's going to happen. So we're coming up against a break. So food, pharmaceuticals, where else do you see it going? Um, wow. Um, you know, of course, a IT. I mean, the ability for you know computers to self repair. Skynet. I knew you were going to go there. The Matrix. Uh, I mean, they have some of that com- that that knowledge now, but it's going to become more and more of a thing. Feature. Some, something happens, it's just going to go in and just fix itself. So uh, AI will be critical in a lot of those types of things. So when you're looking at AI, uh, at some point you have to ask, when does it become self-aware? The Tech Ranch. When Member Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. And so IT, Steve, since you know now what uh, it stands for, right? Yeah. All right. Smart stuff. (laughs) Information (laughs) technology. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. So uh, we have a guest. Steve, do the honors. Invite Armin in or uh, get Armin into the conversation here. Well, first of all, uh, Armin Caroli uh, joining us uh, this afternoon on the Tech Ranch. And uh, Armin, give us a little background because you, you specialize a lot in robotics. Uh, so a little of your background and and we'll get into how what you work on applies to everyday people's lives. Sure. Uh uh, there are very funny stories about uh, getting involved with robots, but I just give you a little bit of background. I'm an electronic engineer. Uh, my expertise is motion control. And starting 2010, I was involved with uh, creating some uh, training control system for shooting ranges, which is kind of their little robots, but very robust, very solid, not that much of movement. And also they are closed circuit uh, programs. Uh, Fast forward, getting to 2018, 2019, I decided to build my own robots to fulfill some gaps based on the demand that I was getting from my customers that they're always just, oh, if these things can be, you know, there, do this, do that. Then I got introduced to Temi and I thought, why should I reinvent the wheel where there is a solid, well-designed robot out there? So I got involved with Temi team since 2018. And believe it or not, we have been utilizing Temi from nail salon during the pandemic, going to very high-end labs that they're manufacturing lenses. Uh, as far as Temi, um, it's a robot that it's unique in the market. You cannot find anything similar to that. And the main reason is the user-friendly platform that Temi uh, carry for the users. You can design it to serve as a host in a restaurant or food and hospitality or a resort. So you can use it as a welcome person instead of having someone in the front. Then they can get engaged with the customers or visitors 
going to the library that you can be quiet, but go around and share the information on the screen. <laughs> and then even, as I said, uh, I had the customer that got Temi for nail salon. So what Temi was doing, funny story, but practical, that she was, I mean, Temi goes around to the uh, uh, bathing area to show the nail samples and serve wine. So you have a dedicated driver, a designated driver. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Carry the wine, carry the wine, but you know, be safe. Uh, that's how I got involved with Temi. And of course, different projects, each one was challenging. Another example, in a, in a life uh, scenarios, real life scenarios, you don't want to be you know, on Mars to use robot these days, uh, bicycle shop. So again, because of being shorthanded, he was working in the back. He wanted, he didn't want to lose the customer. So he got the Temi, put it in front of the store, welcoming people, keep the customers engaged until it comes from the back and, you know, welcome the customer. And, you know, it's an attraction point for the customer. Um, in general, um, at the end of the day, you have all these robots or similar technology that you have. Those are the tools that we use, but all is, to me, is rely on the operator creativity. Depends how you are going to create this environment for the real life usage. And to me, it's just a vessel that you can massage it, form it to your need. Just like I had another customer, I'm just sharing this story, so give you the picture that how a robot can be in your assistant. For example, they said how we can, um, program Temi or any robot as a welcome person when they don't know who is coming from the elevator. Very simple suggestion. Just on the screen of Temi, it said that looking for John, just like the people that they're standing in the airport. Are you John? So when it's getting engaged, simple question. Are you John? Yes. Then it's getting engaged. Are you John from ABC Mortgage Company? Yes. Then you can follow the instruction. At the end, again, operator creativity be the main factor of how we use all these technologies. So a couple questions for you, Armin. This is Marlo. Uh, first, it's Temi, T-E-M-I, correct? That's how the spelling correct. of it is, right? So how tall is Temi? Temi is about four foot tall. Okay. And humanoid in form, or how would you describe Temi? Uh if you come to the, the word of design, we always talk about the golden number, just like the height of your chair, height of the stool. So Temi has, is carrying the golden numbers. So it's about four foot tall, but it's not humanized as far as having arm or having a, you know, rounded the head. It has a 13 inch screen, uh, high definition, but you can forecast or broadcast, uh, faces on the screen to kind of get it closer to uh, the human being and being not as scary. One thing is always they ask, why this short? Two main reasons. One is human, we just is scared of large object. So we didn't want to have a robot just like being another transformer on the street. Very simple. So you, and when, when you're, and the other factor is most of these services that the robot serves is there when people that are sitting down. So we want to be on the same level. And the other kind of niche area that we are touching, we are looking at next generation. So we are talking about the kids. For example, I have a school in North Carolina. They have 10 of these robots starting from kindergarten, 
they create a STEM and the older guy, older students, they are training the younger one. So we don't want to make it, you know, scary. That's why these all golden number comes together to kind of size Temi as it is. And you can easily, I mean, that the first time you see it, I mean, that'd be on generation two, we had the rounded screen, 10 inches rounded screen. Then we upgraded to 13 inch square. And even us in-house, we said, oh, it's not as cute as before. But when you start getting crammed with this setup, when you put some faces on the screen, you know, big eyes, just like, you know, a puppy, then you get involved, you get hooked, and it's as cute as a puppy. So these are the factors that we put to consideration uh, when it comes to the design. So I'm sure Steve has a million questions here, too, and I know he's <laughs> going to go right to AI. Sheldon, and, and, come on. Uh, Big Bang uh, Theory, Sheldon. Skynets <laughs> and all this stuff, right? I'm going to start right. with the more non-scary stuff here. Uh, so I want to understand, and I've seen Timmy before. Uh, I would like you to describe maybe to the audience probably the most practical application that you're probably seeing right now and that's probably in restaurants because there's such a worker shortage right now and this kind of alleviates that and increases efficiencies in restaurants so talk about that experience what can what can temi do in the restaurant environment in the restaurant environment these days that we are we, we are seeing many food delivery which they act as a food runner in the restaurant but when it comes to Timmy, we are looking at more position just like being the hostess because of the size, because of the capability that is not designed to carry trays or heavy stuff. And a very practical uh, scenario in the field, we have a client that they are in uh, Texas, they're in Dallas. So he has two uh, food runner robots delivering the food to the, to the tables. And Timmy act as a host in the front. So easily can get engaged with the customer, has a smart communication as far as what is the business hours, what is the wait list, uh, what is the wait time. And based on the party, so Timmy respond back. If, you know, the party of four is 20 minutes. And then when it goes to the serving, you can just easily carry the menu behind Timmy and Demi can take you. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Technology comes alive. Let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. And don't forget to check out thetechranch.com for more. And so have, the customer. Go ahead. Go ahead, Arma. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Go ahead. So the customer will come to the restaurant. They check in on Timmy. They get engaged. As you mentioned, that these days we are all, all the businesses, small businesses that they are dealing with being short staffed. So, uh, Temi checked the customer in and a host can manage three, four, five robots that uh, direct the customers to their, to their table. Because we know that people, they don't go to the restaurant just because of the food. They go for the service as well. So as much as we can, uh, add or put more value to what these robots they do for us on a day-to-day -day activity these are what we are talking about and to just mention sometimes people they think they're robots that they're replacing us it's i mean that as for for my <laughs> i would say perspective or from my perspective that's not really the case the robots are fulfilling the routines that we human being fail or we get bored 
For example, you can set your robot every day at eight o'clock, leave the charger, go in the front, not being one second late or one second you know, earlier. These are the things that we as a human, we are kind of either get bored or we want to go to the next job. So that's why the robots has a very value these days from our side. We are fulfilling the gaps. We are fulfilling whatever we, let's lack a word, call it footwork. That's what we are doing, or that's what we are aiming to just fill that gap, not replacing human being, because it's a long way to get there. I don't know how fast they said that technology has changed five times faster in the fa past five years, but that's what we are aiming to fulfill that gap wherever that becomes short as for the routines job. So my question is, how do you tip the maitre d' to circumvent the line, the wait line <laughs> at a restaurant? And it's like, how do you bump me? How do you tip a robot? Uh, maybe I need a fresh powder. I don't know. <laughs> you need to have a carry special button can. thing or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can't carry two AA battery fresh. Just you know, keep with the battery. That's what I would suggest. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. So I, I would think that most of the time, you know, I, I see two things. First of all, and I'm just picking on the restaurant environment again, it's a service enhancement. It just makes the experience better. Uh, so there's that. And then are you seeing, and I know that this will not be this way probably in five or ten years when these become commonplace, but are you seeing right now maybe a tick up in business of the companies that are Im implementing robots like in their restaurants because it's such a, a a novelty right now right i mean you go to a restaurant and then people are like oh my goodness i had a, a robot serve me or whatever and then other people are curious about it too so they're they're moving to these restaurants to see how this works correct i mean that uh, to be very transparent today the robots even the food delivery robots they are not as practical they should be some restaurants take advantage as the attraction point so you want to go and experience that if there is a pizza place that you want to go as a sushi place you want to experience that with the robot you don't want to go to the everyday you know sushi place or pizza place that you go it's not just about being practical or serve just like a human being but restaurant take advantage of the attraction. Now, you know, they want to take their kid to a restaurant who has robots. That's another fact. That's kind of a business model that kind of come to the common area. Yes, we are taking advantage of the technology. We add the enhancement, as you mentioned, but the restaurant owners, they are kind of acting as smart as well. They want to create another attraction. It's just a new menu. Just like when you go, they have a, a wine list on a tablet. It's another attraction. They just swap up and down, look at the wine list. Now you have the food delivery robots. At least the kids in the, in the household, they want to go to the restaurant, it has a robot. So it's a kind of, uh, I would say, um, sharing benefit for both ends from us as bringing technology to the environment, to the real life, and the people, they can take advantage of it as attraction point. And restaurant and having robot in the restaurant, at least through our clientele, probably it's about maybe 10, 15%. There are many other areas, to just example with you, that we have a clean lab that literally you have to go through the vacuum tubes to get all the dust out of your clothes when you go to that lab. When you have Timmy sitting the other side, clean cut, and can get the tour or give the tour to the visitors, and this they're manufacturing, for example, lenses, and they're clean room, and you don't want to go through that hassle. So you can just, you know, 
prepare your guest, have Timmy go give the tour of a facility and come back. And it's always there. Pre-schedule, ready to go. Repeat the same, you know, scenario words to the, to the visitors. So I'm not sure if, so if I go to my favorite sushi restaurant and I'm at the hibachi and I barely trust the guy that sprays the sake into my mouth <laughs> from across the hibachi grill, <laughs> is Temi going to do it better? I, I Do I trust the robot better than the guy that's doing it, that's been doing it for a long time? I think at least it aims more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you that. <laughs> Because I got nerves here I, I, on both right. uh, both parts. So, so take us Correct. to, you know, we're having a lot of fun at the restaurant. And I have to tell you that I would be, it's not about the kids either, Armin. I'm, I'm just a kid at heart. I If there was a two places that were serving same type of food, like barbecue, whatever, and one had a, a robot right now, I'd be all over going to the one with the robot. I'm just telling you. That's, right. Robbie the robot's ribs? Yeah. Yeah. Robbie's ribs. <laughs> Robbie's ribs. I like it. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then we all have that uh inner kids. I mean that we get excited when we go to Home Depot tool area, tool power tool area. Absolutely. Why not? I mean that but again, these are the how you I mean that kind of describe that um, advantage that they take for as a as having your robot on board. Armin, what's your what's your website? The website, I mean that uh is Idea Lobby, which is I D E A L L O B B Y, uh, idealobby.com. Okay. So if you go to our website, you will get lots of information about Timmy. And since you brought it up, I would like to share the, the background about Idea Lobby. Yeah, I'd love to Going hear this. back, sure. Going back to 2018, the idea that I started Idea Lobby, which name speaks out clearly. I, I wanted to create unattended lobby because I have a background of designing video walls as well as the security system access control. The missing piece was the person or the robot, I would say, to kind of welcome the, the visitor. And the name is exactly as I describe it in my mind for past decade, ideal lobby. So you go to the lobby, the robot, which is Temi, welcome you, get engaged, so you can interact with your um, with your host, and Temi can be integrated to the access control system. And one feature that we added to Temi in our mind, when we follow a robot, we always think that we have to follow follow someone when he's walking away. So you just look at the back of their head. But Temi, the new feature that we designed, Temi can be faced to you and just go backward. And start being engaged. You can be on a call with your host and tell me, go, you know, through the door, uh, open the door, call the elevator, take you to the fifth floor, office 210, and just hand you to your host. So that's why I created Idea Lobby, literally unattended lobby. Let's say you have five robots and they will take you from there to your host. So it's going to be a best of two words. So you have the technology in the front. But you don't leave the the pleasure of the welcoming host to your you know meeting or um, office. That's how we design Idea Lobby, and that's where we were going with Idea Lobby. Very very cool. So let's move now. There's so many places that this is just fascinating to me. I don't know about you, Steve, but I know you like robots too. Uh, well, actually, uh, when we were talking to Armin, uh, there was a 
before we started the uh, segment on the program and mentioned that you had an, have an Astro. I have an and, Astro and, running around and, here, and he yeah. he thought, well, Armin's comment was, well, that's a nice little gadget. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but, way, to, but, way to put down my robot. <laughs> what popped into my head was at, there's different levels for robotics. At, where would Temi be on the plane of high tech, middle tech, lower tech, um, and you know, like compared to an Astro or, you know, is, is it that far out cutting edge compared to what's been out in the market for quite a while? Um, I would say that Timmy is kind of a mid range. Uh, so we are not looking at a hundred some thousand dollars robot from Boston Dynamics. They have those robots and you, yes, they're out there. They're pricey and it's not available to the consumer. Versus Timmy being in the middle, the background, the, the background of the team that who designed, they designed Timmy as far as the mobility, which is the most uh, factor about the robot, is they have a, a background, a military background when they designed Timmy. So if you want to place Timmy in the market, uh, I can claim that Timmy has the most user friendly platform that Someone, I would say, with the very basic knowledge of computer and logic can program it. You don't see that on, I can say, most of the robot that they're in a consumer level out in the market. Because, yes, you can design a very sophisticated robot, what, but the next question is, who can operate that? So, Timmy fits or fulfill all the gaps in the middle. You, it has all the capability as far as the mobility and the technology, the first question they ask us, for example, oh, if I bring it home, if my kids run, you know, in front of it, does Temi hit it? We said, no, I mean, that Temi has a LiDAR system, 11 cameras, is mo they're monitoring the movement and can detect an object about the height of, uh, I would say, three quarter inch, it detects it and it stops. So Temi, the, the most valuable part about Timmy is the user-friendly platform that you have in the back end that you can easily customize it to your daily need. As I said, you know, mentioned earlier in our conversation, just imagine from a nail salon going to a very high-tech uh, manufacturing, which they have to work in the clean room, or the library that they want to use Timmy to be quiet, just show the text and give a tour to the uh, people that they go look for the for the. Uh, books. So that's where Temi fits. It's all about how friendly a user with a very good price point that they can have a robot. I mean, that the other uh, environment that we use robots are, um, are adult care facilities. People, they think that, you know, it's about the delivering the pill, but those facilities that they are suffering of entertainment and um, having someone compassionate working with them. For example, if you, hopefully that no one get involved with this kind of problem, but let's say if I put my old father in a facility, either I cannot find someone to take a tablet to my dad to start talking to him, or my dad cannot go to a you know, phone booth and call me. So what I do, I will dial to my Timmy, go to his bed, and I have a conversation, I have a 13 inch large monitor in front of him, he doesn't need to answer anything. So I can be engaged, whole family can talk with him. So those, you know, people that we forget when we put them in the 
those facilities. These are the many area that you can fulfill and Temi is designed for being uh, very flexible. With the minimum knowledge, you can customize it to your need. And I just want to refer back to my operator creativity. You have the tool, you have the user-friendly platform, you can customize it to whatever you want to do with it. Well, and that was the the reason for my question is because what are the practical applications that people can use this and utilize this for different advantages or different uh, aspects of their lives? And that's what we talk about, Marlo and I, all the time is practical applications for different forms of technology. I just want to know if I have enough credit line left on my credit card to buy one. Astro's not looking uh, that good anymore, is it? You want no, to upgrade, right? I want to upgrade already. So <laughs> what what are we talking about here for a price? Oh, uh, for the price is under four thousand dollars. So whoa, 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 our whoa. price did you say four thousand dollars? Under four thousand dollars, yes. You might be able to afford that, Marla. Are you kidding me? No, it's our price point. I mean that literally is one of the most inexpensive robots with this much of feature in the market. For four foot robot, it's under four thousand dollars. Correct. The price of two iPads. Because I think he's going to order right now. You you might want to have an order for him available. Is there a backlog on these? (laughs) There is no backlog. I mean, that uh, we can have it in in five days uh, at your home, at your office. And we have the full stock for black and white. Also, if you want to be uh, kind of independent from your Wi Fi, can get the 5G and use a SIM card and just be independent from any data through the wireless or wireless. Very good. We're going to hold you over one more segment. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. We're thrilled to have you with us as we continue exploring living with technology alongside Marlo and Steve. And Armin with IBACC has just blown us away with this price of Temi. So I could see why at, at under $4,000, why a school in, I don't know what state you said, Armin, has 10 of them North running Carolina. around North Carolina. Yeah. Um, Correct. So let's talk about that real quick. So what does that look like in the school environment now that they have 10 robots? Um, they share some video with us. I mean, that day uh, I was working with the person in charge. Uh, even they put the class for programming the robots. Um, again, it's not that we are there programming the robots to go to Mars, not discredit the, the, the movement, but it's about uh, make people ready or the new generation, they're in a different level. They understand many things that we would not understand when we were 10 years old. So it's about being more familiar, being, let's call it lack of word, robot savvy that what they can do. <laughs> Because, I mean, that we are going to see these little gadgets around us. I mean, that uh, smartphone, it was a big deal when they came out. Now we cannot live without it. And they are complementing our lives, same as the robot. So when we go to that school, um, they are creating program. For example, I mean, that we have uh, kids with a special, you know, we have a special kids in the school. They shy to talk to, you know, to their friend, to another, you know, student. But they're programming Timmy to be their friend when there is no barrier. They feel more comfortable to talk with a robot. And the other factor that maybe other robots in the market, they don't have one of our features creating a QA, a customized QA. So you list all the questions with suggested answer. Also, you can create 
different question which they have same answer and put Timmy in training mode. There will be a possibility that someone ask a question that you have not listed there. So it goes to your training mode or then you can program the answer for the next time. And why it's a good fit for the school, this kind of interacting with the school, because we don't want to go with Alexa or uh, Google because they just outsource to a pool in Internet and you don't want to share those inappropriate information with the kids. That's why having a QA session in Temi being kind of limited or restricted to the authorized, let's say, information in the in the school, that's how they create that interactive environment. Also, train the brains and the uh, um, capability of the students to program, get familiar with the logic. So if they feel uh, interested, so they can move forward in that channel in their life to be part of this movement. And again, I would like to always mention that we are not replacing human. We are just complementing what becomes short. As, as I mentioned. So that's going to be the movement in the, in the schools. And they, even they can name the, uh, robots, whatever they want. Right now, the hello world, uh, the way that you can, uh, activate Temi, you can say, Hey, Temi, but you can name your robots or Temi, for example, George. Hey, George, then it will activate it. You don't have this feature with Alexa or any other, um, uh, a smart assistant out in the market. So mine will have to be named George because I have Astro. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hey, Rory. George. Maybe yeah. Astro. Maybe Rosie. Maybe Rosie, yeah. <laughs> Actually, they have one Rosie. Rosie is for their financial. Okay. And one of the – yeah, one thing I mean that to mention, since I mean that we are talking about this subject, the training of the staff, new staff, or giving a tour of the facility, right? All of us, even in my own business, Training is a big deal or it's it's kind of a, a process that you have to go and stick with your material, with your um, employee book, all that. Just imagine you have a you have a team in your office. Every time that you have a new teacher, new staff, a corporate that they have 200, 300, you know, employees, it's hard to get the same HR person do the same thing with the same quality each time. Right. We always said, oh, Mr. You know, Johnson told me this. Right. He, you know, they taught me like that. Just imagine you have a Timmy. All material are updated. You always have the latest updated material. You can check in, interview the employee, give a tour of a facility to the new employee and share all information, guidelines, employee book with the same level to all of them. Yeah, it's just amazing. So. I know we're going to run out of time and we have a lot more questions for you, but what do you think a little more broad view now, Armin, of the integration of artificial intelligence and robotics? Um, I mean, that these days we hear the word AI a lot, but um, without discrediting any knowledge, any person, AI is a very big word. AI should be an intelligent algorithm in the back end to start a learning thing. You know, if I program my calendar, it doesn't count AI. Oh, my calendar pops on my screen. Or if I, you know, jump in, in my car and knows at 8.30 I go to the office, pop the uh, map on my screen, these are not AI. These are just behavior registration. So when it comes to AI, creating that algorithm requires knowledge and resources that be able to 
put all this uh, wire together to become an AI system. Not too many companies, not too many groups that they have a real AI in the back end. Um, as far as where we are going, it's, it's scary. We read it in the news. We know many, you know, uh, big companies there against uh, this AI movement. Um, but eventually, I mean, that's a technology. You cannot restrict that. It's human mind that we have to visualize. We have to dream and then make it. I dream someday that I can have a friend that understand me without picking up the phone. And that's a, uh, that doesn't happen without AI or those kind of platform. It's, it's going to that direction. We just need to guide it. Interesting. So where do we find out more information on your company? Uh, if you go to our website, Idea Lobby, www.idealobby.com, you will see all information about Timmy, the technology that we are using, the integrated access control system that we have, and we upload videos, tutorial, and material that you can learn about Timmy, robotics, and the story that we have. Very nice. Any any other case studies or something you want to share with us real quick? Um, I would say that another funny story that I can, I can, it's not funny. I mean, that um, it's a little bit uh, sad, but we had the customer that uh, very active person. He had five manufacturing uh, facilities. He was visiting at least 12 of them each day. So he broke his hip. And he had to stay home. And what happened? So he called me because we were managing their uh, security camera system. He said, I want to have five cameras all over my house because he had to stay at home for eight or 10 weeks. And I said, why do you do that? Why don't you get five Timmy? And you can be in five facility at the same time. So we set up a Timmy for one of the manufacturing uh, facility that he has. He hop on one of those and start going through the factory, just visiting the <laughs> manufacturing line. And <laughs> so when he was talking to uh, the employees, they could see the face. They could see, you know, he's talking, but they, they didn't know who is writing their check. He's the one signing their check. It's, it's like said, Sheldon from uh, the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Yes. John? John who? He said, I'm John, you know. <laughs> John who? And then uh, that, was, that, was, that was hilarious when I was driving the, the robot. It's a great story. All right, Armin, we really appreciate you being on the Tech Ranch today. Uh, look forward to playing with Temi in the very near future. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You have a good day. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Welcome to July 1st, 2023 on the National Day calendar. Today, we celebrate special deliveries come rain or shine. Your heart performs 365 days a year without missing a beat. So isn't it fair to give back to the hardest working organ in your body? Million Hearts is an organization that's dedicated to preventing 1 million cases of heart disease and stroke in the next five years. 
visit their website, millionhearts.hhs.gov, to find out how to take care of your ticker. That's millionhearts.hhs.gov. The United States issued its first postage stamps on July 1st, 1847. They were not, however, the first of their kind. In the United Kingdom, the Penny Black Stamp attempted to fix a broken system. Before then, mail recipients were good at dodging payment for this service. Here in America, a letter could be mailed without prepayment until 1855. Despite new regulations, people continue to take advantage of a system that charged only 15 cents for an 11-pound package. The strangest of these was a small baby that was delivered to his grandmother who lived a few miles away. Even the store couldn't compete with those prices. On National Postage Stamp Day, celebrate a valuable service that still delivers come rain or shine. Neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. Everyone knows this is the motto for the United States Postal Service, except it isn't. The Postal Service actually doesn't have a motto. So where did this well-known phrase come from? It was written by Herodotus around 500 BCE to describe the postal carriers of his time. When the New York City Post Office opened in 1914, one of the designers liked the quote and had it engraved into the cornerstone. Today is National Postal Worker Day, when we celebrate the women and men who make sure all our letters and packages find their way to us. Except for the bills. We don't mind if those get lost. You gotta admit, it's pretty cool you can get a letter mailed for as cheap as it is today. That is true. It's amazing someone thought they could send their baby through the mail. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy, too. (laughs) I'm Anna Tavir. I'm Marlo Anderson. Thanks for joining us as we celebrate every day. See you tomorrow. This is the Pet Minute. I'm Steve Dale. I love cats, but allergic rights listener Cindy. Give me the name of a hypoallergenic cat. Before you sneeze, I'll reply next. Your dog loves going to the dog park and seeing his buddies. Maybe sometimes when you travel, he gets to hang out with friends at his favorite boarding facility. Social dogs like yours need more protection than most. By pairing Bordetella Protection, also known as Kennel Cough, with immunity against canine influenza, we can help ensure these dogs stay healthy. Merck Animal Health wants you to talk with your veterinarian about pairing up for protection with vaccines for your dog for kennel cough and the canine influenza virus. Don't wait. Vaccinate. Listener Cindy is concerned about cat allergies. There isn't really a hypoallergenic cat breed, though anecdotally, some do better for people with allergies. Rather than that approach, check out a cat food that neutralizes the protein that induces cat allergies. It's amazing science called Purina Pro Plan Live Clear. For the Pet Minute, I'm Steve Dale. Hello, North Dakota. Joe Giganti, host of the regular Joe Show, now heard weeknights 9 to midnight here on Super Talk 1270. Together we'll tackle the hottest topics, be it politics, entertainment, or the culture, unapologetically through the lens of true conservatism, all while remembering to laugh and have a little bit of fun. You know, live life boldly. The regular Joe Show, weekday evening starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. XXAM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packer. 
Flights are back on track at United Airlines, says the CEO, after a week of massive delays and cancellations being blamed on storms and staffing issues. United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby, in a letter to his employees, thanked workers for riding out the storms this holiday week that led to a wave of cancellations for the airline and stranded passengers. Kirby called the disruptions unprecedented for the airline. He blamed thunderstorms for impacting major hubs and says air traffic control staffing shortages added to delays. Kirby called it the the most challenging week he's experienced in his entire career. Earlier, Kirby issued a public apology for taking a private jet while United Travelers were stuck due to cancellations. He called the move insensitive. Michelle Franz and ABC News. And while millions are traveling this 4th of July weekend, others sitting it all out, like Chicago's Ramona Sanchez, who says she's staying home. No, I hate traveling. Now, forget it. I don't want to be stuck in an airport. She says her nephew's coming from California so he can deal with the airports. Maryland becoming the latest state to legally sell recreational marijuana. About 100 dispensaries opening their doors at 8 this morning. Ben Koblar is the owner of Rise Dispensaries. They're opening four locations across Maryland. It's a big day. The end of Prohibition. Anyone 21 and over can buy legal uh, cannabis here at Rise Hagerstown where we are today, but across Maryland. The heat is still on in Texas. The so-called heat dome making thermometer readings often feel at least a dozen degrees hotter. And those are tasked with helping residents in distress say they've been busy lately. Matt Zavardsky of MedStar Mobile Healthcare in Fort Worth says some people who moved to North Texas have no idea what they'll be facing weather-wise. This is a very fast-growing community. Many of the people relocating to North Texas come from other states, California, New York, and they're not used to this kind of heat where they're from. His group responding to 225 patients suffering from heat-related emergencies. This is ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, mostly sunny, a high near 88. Slight chance of a storm tonight, partly cloudy, 64. Sunny and hot and a little breezy at times on Sunday, a high near 92. Slight chance of a shower or storm Sunday night, lows around 62. For Monday, chance of showers and storms, 84. Grandpa's barbecue sauce is perfect for summer grilling. Get it at grandpasbbqshop.com. Right now, it's 82. Confused about technology, Steve? Yes, I am. We live with technology every day, but it can be confusing. For me, especially. Yeah, and for me too. But join us this Saturday from 1 to 4 for the Tech Branch on Supertalk 1270. Great interviews, great insights in how technology can match up with your life. And they get to listen to the two of us. Well, okay, there's the downside to everything too, but (laughs) (laughs) the Tech Branch, Saturday afternoons, 1 to 4 on Supertalk 1270. News, talk, and sports for Bismarck Mandan. Super Talk 1270. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Wow. 
I want a new robot. <laughs> <laughs> now I got that Huey Lewis song in my head, except robot. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have Astro running around here, and we haven't even really started to program him yet. And I'm, I'm What's like, an Astro? Uh, yeah. It's like, no, I, I'm, I'm like, so... Uh, if he, I end up with a Tammy, the Tammy's name will be George. I mean, having a George and an Rosie. Astro. No, Rosie. no, no. You got to have George because come on. And then I got a program to go. Hello, George. Well, and then you program Astro to follow Tammy, right? Na- named George, right? Exactly. Yeah, we we would. I would actually create a profile for George so that so that Astro would follow it around. So I'm thinking because I haven't <laughs> seen a Temi yet, which I'm going to in the near future, I'm guessing. Um, but I'm thinking Big Bang Theory when uh, Sheldon created the robot right. to and went everywhere. Yeah. Well, you can do that with with yeah. Temi, and there's that's been around for I will say for a while. But I've I've seen Temi at CES. You could walk in parades and not actually have to walk in parades. Yeah. Yep. And the video Just send Temi, we're good. The video conferencing feature, like what he was talking about, and being able to take the robot around right. and visit with people. I See, mean, that's fascinating. That that is a huge component. Think about well, like he mentioned, the guy that broke his hip with the right, factories, right, and you have an opportunity to not only because he wanted cameras so he could see what was going on in the factories. Right. Beyond that, this is an opportunity to not just monitor what's going on, but interact with what's going on and make decisions and game changing. That so it's absolutely Astro does have that feature. By the way, it doesn't sit four foot tall. But well, it does have the periscope. It's, it's got close. a periscope. It's about four feet tall, right? And I can actually, from my device, just interact with whoever I want to talk to on the other side. Have so you programmed it to do that yet? Well, I there's been nobody here when I've done that, so I would be helpful if there's okay, somebody. That, that was side. my way of taking a shot because you haven't spent enough time with Astro. No, I have not. He's feeling a little lonely out yeah. there, I'm sure. Uh, but he does wink at me when I go by. I've noticed that. He winks at everybody when they go by. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Thought I felt special for a little bit. Sorry. All right. You got to spend time with Astro. Yeah. Yeah. Bring him with. I could do that. You've got a road trip coming up, I do. as usual. I could bring, bring him, him with. with. That would be funny, right? Shotgun. <laughs> Let Astro ride shotgun. Who's Navigate. Your, who's your buddy over there? <laughs> hey, I wonder if that works in, in the Hovland. I wonder if I could 3D print a car seat for him to put in there. <laughs> yeah, no. Would that work in the Hovland? Yeah. <laughs> Officer, really? It's Astro. It's Astro. It's second person. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you writing me up a ticket for 200 bucks for? What are you. Now, maybe, Tammy, you could get away with that. I bet so. But Astro fits in the seat better. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. And I get I, Astro to talk. So uh, uh, you could talk to the officer, say I'm enjoying the ride or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's better than a blow-up doll. That is true, which most people try to get away with. <laughs> doesn't work. Oh, my goodness. So funny. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm impressed. Really am impressed. So I wanted to ask Armin this. Stunned by the price. Yeah, the price was... How is that like, possible? I, I just don't, know. don't know how that's possible. Hey, if you get it here, I can figure out how to hack into the, uh, hey, here's a tip to get me up in the line on the, on oh, the wait list. Yes, there yeah, you go. It's Mater D thing yeah. going. Um, the one thing I want to ask, Armin, because you asked a little bit, touched on this, on, on the intersection of AI and robotics. 
take the AI out of it, just in the robotics plane, because, you know, going from Astro to Temi, and small price point, big jump, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I, would, so, I would have to say so. Where I, I, I was, I'd be curious to see where he thought, and we'll have to have him on again, where he thought robotics could go on their own. With, 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 forget the AI side of it. Just take a look at the advancements in robotics over the last five, ten years. And that pace is accelerating. Without the AI, the, the pace is accelerating on the advancement in robotics. Where do you see it in another five years? Where do you see a Temi in another five years? Well, I think... Before you before can, you layer in the AI. Right. Because robots basically are task uh, units and the ability to program them, it doesn't take a lot. And, and there's ability to learn with them, separate from AI. Right. Because he mentioned the, the learning mode. So you have to have some version of artificial intelligence in the robot if you're going to allow them to learn. But you can have them do repetitive tasks. You know, like, I mean, right now all you have to do is go to any manufacturing plant and you'll see this. You know, whether they're making computers or cars or whatever, that robot just does the same thing over Thank and over Thank you for and the $100 again. tip. I'll move you up on the list. Yeah. Uh, yeah, repetitive tasks. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's Steve. I expect $100 to move him up on the list. <laughs> and not just me. I, I'm talking to anybody. Yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, so I, th I think that, you know, as we move forward, robots don't have to be even connected to the internet. They can just do their tasks, and then maybe when there's firmware upgrades, or if you want to communicate with them, that's when you have to have them connected. Uh, so I can see where most people would want them connected most of the time, but I, I would imagine they wouldn't have to be. The communication side is interesting as well. Because, yep. And now we start getting into where some of the AI is because it learns and, and it learns you. So... From a communication standpoint, that piece of connectivity, where do you see that going? Because right now it's like, hey, Alexa, or hey, Google, or, you know, hey, Astro, say hi, you know, whatever it is. Communication on a human level is intimate. Do you see that evolving on a robotics level where, because there's nuances in language and, and you pick up on cues and the tone of a voice or how somebody says things. Do you see robotics getting to that place as well to where you're interacting much, much more significantly with a robot? Of course. So I, I certainly see a couple things. So, as we're talking right now, um, my new AI voice is being programmed. Now, not from this conversation. I went through a whole script of things two days ago, and it's programming that right now. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Well, imagine taking voice samples from Marilyn Monroe, uh, and you know about the new Beatles song, right? Right. With John Lennon, yeah, up here well, I told you that. Yes, you did. A week or so ago. So, so you have that going on as well. So, of course, I see. I actually see. What would where John you have, say about that, though? I don't know. That's. 
but I do see the ability to have conversations with robots because you're going to have AI built into it. Because I'm using AI now and having conversations with AI right now, but I'm typing in my responses, and the AI is not speaking back. But I, I'm sure it wouldn't take much for me to figure that out. So question, have you lost an argument to AI yet? Because if you're going to have a conversation, at some point you're going to have an argument. I just, is it kind of like your wife? I just where, where you just lose I just, every argument. I just because I do raise the question. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't like the answer. I rephrase the question. The Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, yeah. There's always a win. <laughs> don't believe in the no win scenario. Yeah, so I just reprogram. Unless you're having conversations <laughs> with your wife, it's, I don't ever win those. Come on, Wendy's not that bad. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> you got to give her a lot of slack with those scotcheroos. She's stubborn she makes. German. Like just you like the scotcheroos. They're not on my diet. She has she she has a halo, a permanent halo on her head. Oh, I hope she's not listening this afternoon because of those scotcheroos. I'm just telling you, just how it is. I wonder if a robot could make those scotcheroos. Oh. <laughs> She's not going to like no, you very much not. anymore. <laughs> 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 I can be replaced. No. Wendy, really, I'm your friend. You I just want more scotcheroos. Well, I think that's okay. <laughs> you really like your scotcheroos. Have you had them? Yeah, I really. <laughs> I try not to have them. She's like, she's making them. Like, I got to go. I got to leave the house. Yeah. They're... What are you making them for? Yeah, okay. I even for like Marlo. Licking, well, yeah. <laughs> I even like licking the bowl. Yeah, she does a great job. But, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I'm fascinated by by Temi and schools. I think that that is the really education interesting. piece. I mean, like I mentioned uh, Gateway to Science and, yeah. and, you know, what Bismarck State College, North Dakota's Polytechnic does. Right. They've got those two little robot dogs. And, boy, what could they do with Temi? There's so many different fascinating. I just think it's way more a- interactive than well, with the robotic and, dogs. And, of and you know, my, my wife works in special education um, as a speech pathologist, and yeah, I, I think of the applications with special needs kids. You know, with with kids with special needs. Right. That, good heavens! I mean, it, entirely different world. Yeah, it is. You can open up. And, you know, the educational side that uh, Armin mentioned uh, in the school that's got, what, 10 of them in North Carolina. I mean, the different applications from an educational perspective and what that can bring kids to, wow, that just that that's not opening doors. That's kicking them wide open. Yeah, I just think. And then, I mean, in the same unit, serving you food in a restaurant, right? I just, you know, and... and you know, or greeting you when you come into a mall or a place of business. And, and I love his, his idea about when you come into, and I know, you know, where you and I live in North Dakota, um, we don't see this a lot, but in, you know, in other parts of the country where you have high rise buildings and things, uh, you're always greeted by some security person or whatever. Who are you going to see? Right. And then the next thing is, is how do you get there? I mean, it, it, you know, once you've gotten past that, then you know you all go up under under the 18th floor and take a right and blah blah blah. Imagine having a robot just take you there. Who are you here to see? Well, I'm here to see Steve Bakken. All right, you know, and you are Marlo Anderson. Oh, I, you know, and then the robot visually recognizes who you are and says, "All right, follow me." I mean, that's that's the end of it right there. 
It would be so great to have that in place. Or you even have that interactive piece that's available for, you know, the doorman side where you just have the the door open up and the conferencing component and you can talk to somebody right there. Oh, yeah. The Tech Ranch. Memory. Getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Well, like we promised, I know we have to move away from robots. and I I don't want to. We'll talk about it some more. We'll have more information next week. How's that sound? How about in three weeks when it shows up? Well, that as well, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I actually cannot He's wait. got the order form in front of him as we speak. <laughs> Tammy's going to be showing up here. Um, we had teased earlier about what you and I are working on. So it's kind of techy, kind of cool. I think could be significant. From the... Well, there's multiple levels that it's cool on. Right. That that's that's the intriguing part with the project with me because, you know, where this started and it was a simple little conversation you had with some NASA science uh, scientists. And I think that's probably where we should start with this conversation. We're gonna start from the very beginning. Yeah, like concept of inception because you and I have talked a lot about what the value of NASA is. You, you, you give NASA a dollar and you get seven back. Yeah. The ROI with it's, NASA projects is it's, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We should and, give all our money to NASA. Yep, give all the money to NASA. Balance the budget. No national debt. The budget's balanced. We're all good. Yeah. yeah and when they figure out the whole transporter thing from Star Trek, then that <laughs> that alone, it, what take a look at what just happened with the aviation industry and, yeah. and a little bit of weather and and basically shut them down. Wendy was traveling at the time. My wife got stranded for two days. Um, <laughs> yeah, the transporter needs to get done. Uh, but let's start there because okay. the value when we talk NASA, NASA has got its own mystique about it when you say NASA. Um, but I don't think a lot of people put that into a practical application. They think of, oh, NASA went to the moon. Uh, Skylab and the shuttle and and trying to get to Mars and different probes and things. The practical application of things, that that's where NASA's value is to us. Yeah, as they have to figure things out. Yeah, and they're good at that. Then these things that they figure out become things that we enjoy in our everyday lives. And it... it it's profound, actually, the impact that NASA has had. And you and Guy have gone us. through the list of things invented by NASA, and it's immense. It's immense. And and uh, we'll have to have that conversation again because I think people need to be reminded often of the value of The space simple travel. things in your life that you use every day yep. that it's a result of NASA. Right, right. And and the amount of jobs they have created because of all of this. And, and yeah, it's it's amazing. But yeah, so this goes back um, a few years. And I was, I've always been fascinated by how trees can grow on mountains. Out of a rock. How is that possible? I mean, I think about, you know, again, coming from North Dakota uh, where we don't have a lot of mountains and certainly not a lot of rocks that things grow out of, right? Uh, I look at crops. Farmers plant seeds in the ground, they get water, and they grow, okay? It still seems... They so hope much- they get water, yeah. yeah. 
But it's, it still seems magical to me that you can just put a seed in the ground and get a watermelon or a stock of wheat or whatever it is, right? Uh, to me, that's very magical. But I can understand. Have you read Jack and the Beanstalk? Oh, I know. How, Come on. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but the part of the roots, right? The roots can, you know, soil is something that they can go down into yeah, and, and do this and thing. And the nodules with the nitrogen and the different. All of yeah, this, right? And, and the nutrients. and So and, then you look at an evergreen tree on the top of a mountain. And you're like, how can there be a forest of trees here and all it is is rock? And what nutrients are in the rock? So then you're like, all right, what magic is going on here? Well, then then, then you understand photosynthesis. And then you're like, all right, so it's, it's taking CO2 out of the air. It's breaking the CO2 apart so that the oxygen is breathed out so that you and I can breathe. And they take the the plant then takes the carbon and together with water creates things like glucose and whatever else. And you're just like, what? They take this out of the air mm-hmm. and this happens? So then my question was, well, what happens if we do that? Could we create artificial photosynthesis? And what does that look like? So that was my question to my NASA scientist friends a few years back. So I'm picturing this at some party over cocktails and just kind of crazy. Sure. Uh, it was at a convention. With that. Okay. <laughs> um, just like, Alice spit by a yeah. artificial. Yeah. yeah, okay. This would be at the Space Symposium in Colorado Springs. Okay. Yeah. And so then fast forward, um, really hadn't thought a lot about it over the last few years. And last November, I get an email stating that they have created a film that when the sunlight hits it and CO2 hits it, breaks apart the CO2, and we can make like propane Artificial or methane photosynthesis. or butane in a hydrofuels kind of way. Hydrocarbons. What am I saying? Hydrocarbons. So, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's... That is what they created. Well, and if you take from a look this at, idea, but take a look at carbon. And carbon is a building block of life. You and I are carbon. Everything's carbon. Oh yeah. Um. So how do you utilize carbon? And I'm also a, a big proponent of things in nature need to function in equilibrium. You throw them out of balance, and that's when we get in trouble. Um, the other is Lavoisier's law: conservation of matter, and the forms change, but the matter's still there. And, and that makes a difference. Right. So we're constantly going through a cycle. So things are, and through that cycle, things get clean, things get improved upon. If, if things stagnate, what happens? They get nasty. Right. So things have to function through a process, through a cycle. If we can enhance that with artificial photosynthesis, and create more photosynthesis, which is more, you know, there's a benefit there. The ability to make things from CO2 as opposed to sequester it. Right. To hide it, which has never made a lot of sense to me. Let's bury it in the ground. Well, there's CO2 in the ground naturally. There's CO2 everywhere. There's carbon everywhere. everywhere. Um, So overloading the... It, the it, saturation point, it just, I, I don't get it. I, 
I, I would rather see, personally, I'd rather see a lot more trees planted. Right. And let the trees scrub Because that's air. what they do. And, and, the, and the tree then, the, the wood becomes a we, carbon We live in North Dakota. Take a look at the numbers of what prairie grassland does. Yeah, exactly. For, you know, because people think of trees. Well, it's not just trees. It's grass. I mean, just oh. just what prairie grassland does for filtering out CO2. All you have to do is look right now. I, I My guess is like right now in the course of a, a year that, that June uh, month is actually the lowest CO2 levels we have in the atmosphere because this is the time that plant life is exploding, mm-hmm. right? And it needs all of that carbon uh, to create its life. So it's pulling this CO2 out of the air right now. So, um, yeah, I just... I, I've never understood the sequestration part of it. You know, while we're burying it underground, I think we should make something from it instead. So that's what this process is about. And uh, so now we have the ability, well, well, at least we've created this or NASA's created this in the lab. And uh, we now will hopefully soon have the ability to actually pull CO2 out of the air and make a usable fuel. How cool is that? Well, and it's also the byproducts as well, not just the fuel. We'll get into that as well. Yeah. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Hey, guess what I heard? What'd you hear? I hear our new website's already. Ooh. Isn't that cool? Are there going to be big banners up on the website sponsored by Yarbo? <laughs> Yarbo, we need to reach out to them, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so you can go to thetechranch.com. I mean, right now it's still well, you're the, a tally. to the old one. I know. You really, you're right. If I'm going to get one of those, I suppose you should have. You got a, a badger and a tenny. It's like, come on, I get a yarball. Are you feeling a little out of, I'm out get, of place? I'm feeling now? left out. Yeah, you know, I've I've earned my stripes in this gig, though. You're just, you're just true. You're just, you're just you know, new, kind of. Yeah, but I'm going to. You're old. You're old radio, new to the tech ranch. I'm going to innovate with yarball. You will. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to go way beyond the garbage takeout side but the reason i'm bringing up the website Snow is that we're going to have uh a, besides the the significant facelift to the website uh i mean we and i have to admit you know we haven't done much like like our shows the last six or eight of them or whatever haven't even been haven't even pushed on the digital side yet because we've just been waiting for the new stuff uh to come out everybody's been hands-on and building the new website out but the uh um the ability to ask us questions so if there's something that you want us to talk about in the future, you can actually go on there and comment and, and let us know uh, what you'd like us to cover. So if there's something that you think should be investigated or if you have a product that you love or hate, you know, we will we will dig into it a little bit for you. So Well, and one of the things with the new iteration of the Tech Ranch is it's about practical applications for people's lives. Yep. That, Living mean, with that, technology. That's yep. why the whole robot thing with Tenley, um, good Lord. <laughs> you talk about applications. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, so practical applications that, you know, is there a need in your life? Is there something you'd like to see? Well, guess what? There's probably a product out there, and Marlo's probably heard about it. Yeah, and that, that's that's an interesting take on things. Yeah, if you have, uh, for example, you know, a loved one that 
you know, I'll, I'll just pick on my mom a little bit. You know, the things that I have learned with her over the last three or four years and the technology that we have in place. I mean, the one thing probably saved her life, and that was an Alexa, yeah. you know, because of her fall and her inability, or inability to get to a phone. So she used Alexa to make a phone call, and she had broken both of her hips. So she's not moving anywhere when this happened, you know. So, um and that happened the day before Thanksgiving. So, I mean, she, in the worst case, probably that time she might have laid there for 24 or 30 hours or whatever, but that's not a good scenario. And a lot of bad things can happen when you, when there's nobody to check on you or whatever in that amount of time. So, um, yeah, I just, I think about, you're right. I just think that if you have ideas or if you have concerns or maybe how can I make my parents you know, their home a little better or my home with my younger children, you know, how do I uh, have parental controls put on things that so I don't have my kids seeing things they shouldn't be seeing? I mean, these are questions that we can probably answer for you on the show. So write them, write them to us and we'll, we'll talk so about So you can help me program a remote? I can't help you with your VCR. Right. I don't have a VCR anymore. That's still blinking 12. I still have tapes. <laughs> I don't have a VCR anymore. I'm like, that does me no good. I don't know. I can't let go of the tapes. Remotes, I had a great movie collection. Remotes are tough sometimes to to program. I like the ones where you can... Have you ever seen this where you actually put two remotes, the smart remotes now, where you actually aim the old remote to the smart one and it'll memorize everything They've had that's that for a it. long time. I just learned that for the first time not too really? long ago. I'm sorry. I'm a little, each other. See? Push the button in a certain pattern. Uh, we, we just switched over to, um, just from a connectivity perspective, we happen to have a, a certain cable company and they switched over to where you don't have the cables in your house anymore. So everything's wireless. Everything's wireless. Even to your so to your there's no cable at all going nope. to your TV. Nope. No ca- I, I I can put my TV. Now we were just doing a remodel in our house and I was planning on putting in the box and routing cable over there and am like, wait a minute. I don't have to do that anymore. So, so it's 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 a quasi streaming cable service then basically. Yeah. I mean, can you change channels like you would normally would with your TV remote, or yep. do you have to have their own remote? Well, it's their remote for their box, but I uh, see. Um, but yeah, is there a dongle that you put into the back of the television, no. or is it part of the smart TV? No, no it's all Wi-Fi. Okay. And now, the reason I bring up the remotes is because I don't no idea what my wife did, but I don't control the couple different things. Uh, and it's like, what'd you do the remote? What? what I'm like, you? it was all programmed. It worked. Cable guy did it. It's now I, I can't control the volume with that remote. And this, I'm like, ah, oh. so you're going to love this. I got to figure that out. So Alice always has, you know, our wives are going to hate us for this radio show after a couple more months. Aren't yeah, they? You think you're going to get yeah. Scott Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So she has a TV in the kitchen, and Alice is always making stuff, too. I mean, she's she's an amazing baker. She makes, like, 60 kinds of candies and treats and stuff at Christmas time that she, you know, has all these trays that she does for people. It's just amazing. And uh, and I'm not a fan of it, and I just leave her alone because, it to me, it takes away 
two to three months of our evenings and whatever else, but it's what she loves to do. So I just, like I said, I just leave her alone. She's got a TV up there and she See that two to three months less a year that you don't talk to each other is probably good for your relationship. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. (laughs) Marriage Counselor. Uh, But yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's, she watches TV. Now I've noticed that she's not, she's not baking and I have my little, okay, it's a big man cave, 120 inch, you know, TV on the wall. If you if you could see me right now, I got my arms spread as wide as they could be. I and got they're not even close. TV yeah. TV loungers and the whole bit in there, and she really didn't know how to operate the remote. How do I? You know, one day she asked, "How do I? How do I turn this thing on down here?" In your here? man cave? Yeah, you don't on purpose, right? <laughs> so in a very weak moment, I showed her how to use it. Now when I come home. She's not in the kitchen anymore. She's in my man cave watching my stuff. Well, you know what you need to fix that? What's that? Right, well, you're not going to get the man cave back. I'm sorry to break that. I've to you. lost this. You've lost the man cave, but you need a she shed. I personally need a she shed. Well, you're not getting the man cave back. That ship sailed. So if I buy, if I build the she shed, will she move out there to watch TV, or am I going to have? That's to your move out best there? chance. Probably you're going to have to move out there, but that would be your best chance. Can I put a kitchen in out there? You can do whatever you could want. She, could she bake things out there? She could. Interesting. You're not getting the man cave back in today's <laughs> scenario. It's just it's not working. Gone. It's gone. Wow. She shed. That's your best route. I, I've noticed that when I do watch things down there now, it's not by myself anymore. Uh-oh. She all of a sudden likes science fiction. <laughs> um <laughs> But I've noticed that in in the list of things is all the crime drama stuff now. I mean, you know, my my sci-fi stuff is not the top of the list anymore. Magnolia so. Network. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, because yeah. they've got Joanna Gaines has a baking show on there now. Oh yeah. And uh, how many cupcake wars can they have? A lady from Bismarck made the finals. On, really? On the first season, yeah. She didn't win it, but. She, Kudos to her. I think cupcakes are delicious, but they are either they're delicious or not. That's that's my that's my litmus test. Simple as that. No gray area. There is no gray area with cupcakes. You don't need to have cupcake wars to find out if they're delicious or not. They're either good or they're not. <laughs> and yet these are these are huge rated shows. Well, food. Yeah, it's all food. See the Tech Ranch, everybody. Uh, how do people get a hold of the Tech Ranch? Oh, www.thetechranch.com. And that's a wrap on another fantastic episode of the Tech Ranch. Remember, if you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270.